the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Verse 8 is such a comfort. Underline it or highlight it in your Bible. Your Father in Heaven knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. Maybe you've come to church today and you're weighed down by some burden in your life. Maybe you're here today and you're going through some trial and it's so big you don't even know how to describe it. Listen, you have a Father in Heaven and He knows the things you have need of. What situation in your life is pressing in on you until you feel like you can't even breathe? Maybe it's next month's rent and you're not sure where it's going to come from. Maybe it's diapers for your newborn that you just can't afford. Maybe it's uniforms for the new job you just got. But you don't know if you can pay for them. In today's message, Pastor Dan is going to highlight one of the most comforting verses in the Bible where Jesus says, Your Father already knows everything that you need. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 6 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. You know, if you think about it, in the Gospels, whenever Jesus worked a miracle, it says people praised God. Have you ever noticed that? They praised God. It doesn't say they praised Jesus. They praised God. Jesus did his works in such a way that people left that scene praising God. We should do our charitable deeds in secret, it says. In other words, the word secret here is the Greek word crypto. We get the word cryptocurrency. Cryptology. How many of you understand what cryptocurrency is? None of you. It's a secret, right? It's hidden. That's what the word means. It's concealed. Our charitable deeds should be hidden from others as much as possible. Some works are impossible to to hide, like, like teaching a Bible study like this. I can't do this in secret. But as much as possible, we do it in secret. Our motives are pure. And when our motives are pure, we aren't interested in people knowing about it. We aren't interested in broadcasting it. Making others aware. And look at the promise in verse 4. Your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. We do our works, we do our prayers, our fasting For an audience of one, for the Lord. And what we do in secret for the Lord, the Lord sees it. Because the Lord is omniscient. Nothing is hidden from him. And the promise is the Lord will reward openly. 
And the reward you receive from the Lord will be far better than any that a boy or way to go you receive from any person. And so now we move on to prayer in verse 5. Verse 5 says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward. Again, this is part of the normal Christian life. What, what is prayer? Prayer is simply talking to God. Going back to the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, we started out with realizing that we are poor in spirit. That's where you begin, recognizing your spiritual poverty and that I don't have the resources in myself to live a life that pleases God. When I come to that realization that I'm spiritually poor, that I'm spiritually bankrupt, that I'm completely inadequate to live the Christian life, that in my flesh dwells no good thing, that should cause me to pray. That should cause me to rely upon God. And the more that I come to that realization about myself, the more I'm going to pray. The less I have that realization about myself and my own inadequacy, the less I'm going to pray. And prayer, again, it's just talking to God. But the hypocrites, they like to pray in a way that draws attention to themselves so that they may be seen by men. You've seen people who draw attention to themselves through their, through their prayer. They try to impress people with their eloquence, their long prayers or their loud prayers, or their, their philosophical prayers. You know, it's not genuine. Their motives are wrong. They're supposed to be talking to God, but they're directing what they're saying to people. <laughs> I mean, if, if you've talked like that to your spouse, you talked like that to your parents, they would say to you, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you talking to me in such a weird way? What's wrong with you? What's going on? And some people talk to God like that. If we would feel that in a conversation, somebody's talking to us in a weird way, don't you know God knows that? People can do that in prayer. I wonder how often God just thinks, would you just talk normal? You know, like just. Verse six, but you, now here's the instruction to believers, but you, don't be like the hypocrites. When you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, well, if I go into my room and shut my door, then nobody can see me praying or hear me praying. That's the point. Pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in the secret will reward you openly. It's, it's good to have a private place in your home where you can go and close the door and be alone with the Lord and pray to your father in a secret place where it's just you and the father. And then there's no temptation to try to impress anyone. With your prayer. And again, the promise is your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Verse 7, he goes on. He actually has more to say about prayer than the others. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do. For they think they will be heard for their many words. (laughs) Now, praying with vain repetition is not the same as praying with repetition. 
There's nothing wrong with praying with repetition. There's something wrong with praying with vain repetition. That's wrong. Vain repetition is, is just empty, meaningless repetition. But sometimes we can be so overwhelmed by our circumstances that we pray with repetition. We hear some bad news and you just say, oh, Lord, please. Please, Lord. Please. Are you just, are you just so overwhelmed or you don't even know what to pray? And you just repeat those words, you know, over and over because that's all that you can come up with. That's not vain repetition. That's just, that's just pouring out your heart before the Lord. Jesus prayed with repetition. And the Garden of Gethsemane, the night of his arrest, Jesus prayed repeatedly. If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. The warning here is against vain repetition. Just reciting the same empty words, the same empty prayer over and over, thinking God will hear you because of your many words. Just keep talking. A lot of words, a lot of words, a lot of words, a lot of words, and then he's going to answer me because I have so much to say. Long prayers do not make you heard by God. Think about Peter. When Peter gets out of the boat and he's walking on the water in the storm and he starts to sink, he prayed a three-word prayer. Lord, save me. That was his whole prayer. Just three short words. Lord, save me. And that was the perfect prayer for his situation. I communicated his need to the Lord in three words. It doesn't have to be long or long-winded. Therefore, do not be like them, verse 8, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Verse 8 is such a comfort. Underline it or highlight it in your Bible. Your father in heaven knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Maybe you've come to church today and you're weighed down by some burden in your life. Maybe you're here today and you're going through some trial and it's so big you don't even know how to describe it. Listen, you have a father in heaven and he knows the things you have need of. He already knows what you're going through. He knows the thoughts of your heart. He knows what your needs are. And so what does that mean? When we pray, when we pray to our father in heaven, we don't have to fill him in on all the backstory. Did you ever hear that in prayer? You're in a prayer meeting and somebody starts filling in the backstory. To the, to the omniscient God of the universe. We don't have to fill in the backstory. God, he, he knows the backstory. And he knows the front story. He knows what he's going to do in your situation. All we know is the backstory. We, we need to be going to him for the front story. Lord, what are you going to do? Here's the situation. You know the situation. Lord, You need to fill me in on what you're going to do. Tell me the front story on this thing. Now, beginning in verse 9, Jesus gives us a model prayer known commonly as as the Lord's Prayer. I would say this is probably the most prayed prayer in all of church history. He says, in this manner, therefore, pray. He's giving us a model that we we can follow. And he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And I, I love that this prayer begins with our father instead of my father. And so right at the beginning here, we are reminded that we're not alone. 
And we're part of the family of God. That he's not just my father. He's our father. And we're part of a community of, of believers. And this has become so much more meaningful to me over the last 18 months, hasn't it? That we're part of a family together. You know, walking through this life, following Christ together. And we're coming to our father in heaven. He's our father. We're his blood-bought children, adopted into his family. He, he's, not this, you know, he's not this angry being up in the sky like the great wizard of Oz with the smoke and the fire. And, and it, he's our father. We're going to our father with our need. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. I love what Joe Foch always says, he's not the Godfather, he's Father God, right? We're not going to the Godfather. He's Father God. And Jesus said, we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children. How much more our Father in heaven gives good gifts to his children. And he's in heaven, right? He's in heaven. He's high above this world. He's high above this, our troubles. And then he says, hallowed be your name. Name meaning your reputation. When we pray like this model prayer, we're most concerned with God's reputation being magnified. God's reputation being exalted. Your kingdom come. Our desire is always that the kingdom of Jesus Christ would come to this earth. Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. That, that's part of this prayer. I think of how many people have prayed this prayer. And they're praying and asking that Jesus would come. And establish his kingdom here on the earth. They don't even realize what they're praying. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We should always desire God's will to be done. Not our own will or what we think is best, but thy will be done. Again, just as Jesus in Gethsemane prayed, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. That's what's, that's what's most important, that your will be done. Verse 11, he says, give us this day our daily bread, a simple request for daily provision to be met. You know, and this implies a daily dependence upon the Lord for for our basic needs. You know, today I'm praying and asking that you would give me my, my bread for today. And tomorrow I'm going to come again and pray and ask that you give me my bread for tomorrow. And it's this daily thing. I'm not asking for all my groceries for the month. I'm just saying, just get me through today. And tomorrow I'll ask you to get me through tomorrow. And there's this daily relationship, this daily walk now with the Lord. Daily dependence upon him. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The word debts here it refers to sins. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. It's important to confess our sins to the Lord. And the promise in the scriptures is as we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. 
And so part of this is confessing our sin. Forgive us of our sins. And us forgiving others that sinned against us. Verse 13. And do not lead us into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. Now the Bible is clear that God does not tempt us to sin. But he does allow us to go through trials. And he does allow us to go through periods of testing. That expose us to Satan's assaults. As is the case with Job in the Old Testament and Peter in the New Testament. Satan seeks to sift you like wheat, Peter. But with this request, it shows our desire to just avoid sin altogether. I don't want to deny the Lord like Peter. I know my flesh is weak. I don't want to fail the test. And so, Lord, do not lead us into temptation. Now, let me just say, too, the Bible tells us that God will not allow us to be tested Above or beyond what we are able to endure. And will always with the temptation provide a way of escape. There's always a way out. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And then he goes on in verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses. Your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses. Neither will your father forgive your trespasses. The imperative is that as people who have been forgiven by Jesus Christ of all of our sins, we should forgive others. Christians should be the most forgiving people because we have experienced the greatest forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And so now verse 16, we come to this warning about fasting. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward. Now, fasting should be part of the normal Christian life. Just like prayer, just like good deeds, good works, charitable deeds. Fasting is when you deny your flesh of something to feed the spirit and to focus on the spiritual Back in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6. I'll just read it to you. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. And so here we see God's purpose in fasting. is To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. To break every yoke. That's his purpose in fasting. And just like charitable deeds and just like prayer, fasting should be part of the normal Christian life. In Matthew chapter 17, there's this occasion where the disciples attempted to cast a demon out of a boy and they were unable to cast the demon out. And then Jesus shows up and he casts the demon out of the boy and later The disciples asked Jesus, hey, why weren't we able to cast the demon out of the boy? And Jesus said, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. It's only by prayer and fasting that you can do this. And what Jesus is implying there is that they should have a lifestyle of praying and fasting. So that when you encounter the demon possessed boy, you're prepared and equipped to deal with it. In the spirit, praying and fasting should be part of their regular Christian life. 
And so again, in verse 16, he says, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. Now, the, he's, again, he's talking about the religious leaders, the hypocrites, the actors. They wanted people to know they were fasting. The religious people, the Pharisees and the scribes, they fasted twice a week. Luke 18 tells us that. And it's interesting, they fasted on the two days of the week that people went to the market to shop. So they would fast on those two particular days of the week. And then as it says here, they'd put on a sad countenance and they'd disfigure their face and they would have disheveled hair and everything. And then they'd walk through the marketplace, the two busiest days of the market, and people would ask, hey, what's, what's going on with you? What's wrong? You don't look so good. Oh, I'm fasting. That's all. I'm just fasting. You know, just, just sacrificing for the Lord. That's all that I'm, that's why I look this way. Right? They want to be seen by men. So they set it up. Not the two slowest days at the market, but the two busiest days at the market. So that everybody would see them. Again, there's some people that are like that. They want to be seen by men. But you, when you fast, anoint your hair. Wash your face. You should do that anyways. But here's why, though. So that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your father, who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Don't make it obvious by your appearance that you're fasting Unless, of course, you want people to know that you're fasting so that people will think you're, you're super spiritual. Otherwise, don't appear to be fasting. And again, Jesus makes this promise. Your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Our motivation for our charitable deeds, our works, our prayer life, and our fasting should always be to honor and glorify God in response to his love for us. First John 4 says we love him because he first loved us. And God demonstrated that love for us by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place on the cross. The Bible says while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. And it should be his love for us that compels us to do these things. Not a desire to be seen by people and admired by people. But just in response to his great love for us. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for just this great teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. And these things that you have for us in this sermon Lord, I pray that we would be careful not to do these things to be seen by people or to be admired by people, that we would always do them in a way that is directed towards you and you only. Lord, forgive us for the times that we have sought glory. Forgive us for the times when we have wanted people to admire us for being godly or spiritual. Lord, I, I pray that we would have a right heart about these things. 
I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time, but if you have any questions or would like to talk to us and have any prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website, too. If you're interested in finding additional messages from this series, you can access those at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. Have you connected with a local church? If not, we encourage you to find a church family. It will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe. And you can also get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this New Testament book. Pastor Dan will help bring some things to light for you right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.